Welcome back to another episode of the Hatches Weekly News Podcast, Getting to the Bottom of It. I'm Alec Rich. So amidst all the uncertainty that the coronavirus pandemic has brought on everyone's lives, one dimension that we haven't covered as frequently on this podcast is athletics. And with the Hatchet's annual basketball guide also coming out today, we thought that this would be a good opportunity to take a look at some of the biggest storylines heading into this upcoming season for both men's and women's basketball. Here to talk about that is the Hatchet sports editor, Emily Mace. All right, Emily, thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. So just to start out here, how has the coronavirus impacted men's and women's basketball this year? Because at one point in the summer and in early September, it seemed as if the season might not happen at all. Yeah, COVID has had a huge impact on the uh, men's and women's basketball seasons. Um, you know, it pushed the start date back from sometime in early November to November 25th. It reduced uh, schedule sizes. Um, it also regionalized non-conference schedules. Um, and I think we're at November 20th, and we're still kind of waiting for schedules to be finalized. Last year, um, you know, we had full non-conference conference schedules September, October, and we're five days out from the start of the season, and we're still not sure, um, you know, what teams are, are going to play. Um, and we've seen programs, um, you know, have to take time off because of positive COVID tests um, in the A-10, like Fordham, St. Bonaventure. Um, so it's definitely, you know, going to affect the season. And, you know, talking to head coach uh, Jamie and Christian on the men's side and head coach Jennifer Rosati on the women's side, they've really kind of prepared their players for starts and stops and to be flexible throughout the season because they, you know, obviously want to get every game in, but they might have to take, you know, a week off or two and have to kind of readjust depending on, um, you know, the health and safety of, of their team and the teams that they're playing. What's your insight in terms of how teams adjusted to their training schedule and mentally prepared for the season as well, since they didn't actually start team practices until mid-October, right? So on the men's side, um, I talked to a couple players and, um, you know, they said that they kept up uh, over the summer, whether it was just going to the park and, and getting shots up there because gyms weren't open, um, you know, going in their driveway, um, working out in their basement with some weights. Um, and then, you know, on the women's side, they were doing the same thing, keeping in touch, um, you know, using ball handling videos or, you know, different exercise videos and stuff like that to kind of train together while they were separated. Um, and then to kind of keep up, you know, that team culture, which was something that the women's team really focused on, was kind of building and cultivating that strong team culture, getting to know each other, um, you know, just keeping up, um, you know, with their group chats, sending TikToks to each other, um, and just kind of getting to know each other. And I think, um, you know, another source that the teams, um, I guess, banded together over or, um, you know, that the teams were really invested in and it was a really big, you know, team effort to kind of push the message of social justice. You know, after the murder of George Floyd, you know, both teams were really vocal and, you know, speaking out against racial and social injustice and, um, you know, making action plans to kind of combat that in the capacity that they could and use their voice to kind of, you know, support uh, racial and social justice. And that was kind of another way that the teams used their summer not necessarily for basketball, but, um, you know, kind of for the greater social good. Absolutely. Let's start on the men's side specifically here. So this is head coach Jamie Christian's second year with the team. And last year, the group finished with a 12-20 and record. So what's his mindset going into this year in order to improve on that? 
Yeah, on the offensive side, he said he wanted to play faster. Um, he wanted to increase the number of possessions that they have per game. Um, I think from the mid to high 60s to the low to mid 70s. And three-point shooting is uh, at the top of his list for how they want to score their points. He said they want to take about 48% of their shots from the three-point line. And, you know, he categorized kind of four players as elite elite shooters that they can, um, you know, get the job done with. He pointed to, um, you know, Jamison Battle, a sophomore forward, Macy Jack, a senior guard, um, and then two new additions to the floor this season in junior forward Sloan Seymour and then sophomore guard James Bishop. Last year, uh, Jamison and Maceo made 89 and 83 uh, made threes, and uh, Jamison set the single season record at GW with his 89, and Sloan's freshman year um, at Siena, also under coach Christian, he made 94. Um, and he sat out last year per NCAA transfer rules. He said he kind of worked on his, um, you know, catch and shoot um, and shooting off the dribble and stuff like that. So Christian thinks that they really have a good shot to, um, you know, be a powerhouse from the three-point line again. And something that Christian brought to GW was this emphasis on the mayhem defense philosophy. But last season, some of the defensive improvements like, were somewhat marginal. Uh, compared to the season before Christian was here. So what is his plan to improve on that further? You know, Christian was really positive about his defense. Um, he told me that in his system, he expects players to um, improve about 20% from year one to year two. So he's kind of looking to see his, you know, his core players that had a lot of minutes last year improve. And he's also thinking about adding a, um, like a matchup zone uh, defensive element to his game, as well as kind of reducing the number of minutes that players play so that they can make a bigger impact when they go in for shorter spurts. And he also said he wants to press this year, which is something we didn't see from the team last year. You know, Mayhem style is a very aggressive, energetic kind of style of defense, and the press really fits well into that. And he said he really wants his defense to turn into offense, so kind of pestering the uh, the point guard as they come up the court is something that he wants to do a lot this year. And switching to the women's side, kind of have the flip side of the coin there where Jennifer Verzali is entering her fifth year with the team so what does she kind of see as some of the keys to success for the team and, and what were some of the important additions to that roster this year? You know, the biggest addition was uh, graduate student guard Jasmine Whitney. She transferred into the program last December from Pittsburgh, and she can really pass the ball. She had over 100 assists every year she was at uh, Pittsburgh, number nine on the Panthers' all-time assist list. So she's really someone who has experience handling the ball and can come in and kind of... Um, you know, create opportunities for her teammates, which is something, you know, a point guard was something that the team needed. The last couple of years, they've had a lot of turnover at that position, um, you know, from Malin Bautista graduating in 2019 to Tori Haidu coming in and then transferring at the end of the 2019-20 season. So, you know, Jasmine's their third point guard in three years, you know, and they're really hoping that she can, you know, generate some more offense for the team, which is something that they're lacking. You know, number they were number 13 of 14 in the A-10 last year, and they lost about 40 to 50 percent of their offense with, you know, people who transferred and graduated. So um, they're looking for new ways to put the uh, put some points on the board. And they think, you know, adding Jasmine to their system and um, kind of relying on some of those more experienced players that they have on their roster, like a graduate student guard, Sydney Zambrata, having Nila Luma back, who's a um, redshirt junior forward, is also pretty big for the team. Her sophomore season, she led the squad in, um, you know, points and rebounds. Last season, she went out with a knee injury pretty early on in the season. So, you know, they really expect to kind of use her, 
use her down low and she said that she was working on her outside shot as well to kind of become a double threat you know they're kind of leaning toward players who have who have a little bit more experience than they did last season and coach Rosati had also mentioned that some of the freshmen on the team this year are bringing a lot of energy and confidence despite the pandemic so what has been their influence on the team yeah, Coach Rosati said, um, you know, that their four new freshmen have really kind of, you know, brightened up the gym. You know, she said that they didn't come into this season, you know, nervous or anxious like some freshmen might, but they've really adjusted well. You know, she said she gave them a lot of credit for kind of adjusting to moving away from home, online classes, and then the whole college basketball element. So she said they've they played confidently, they fit in with the team really well. She said that they can produce in kind of a, an off-the-bench role and kind of add depth to the team. So they added two guards, a forward and a center. So Araya Gingris is a guard, Piper Mackey's a guard, Coranda Perea is a forward, and then Allie Brigham's the center. You know, Piper Mackey joined the team as a walk-on at the start of this season, and Rosati said, you know, she's really adapted to that role really well. She's, you know, really pushing her teammates in practice. Coach Rosati said, you know, Araya can really handle the ball. She, you know, was a national champion and, um, or a state champion, excuse me, in high school, so she can really pass the ball. And Rosati said, you know, the combination of Jasmine and Araya's kind of pass first point guards can really get her teammates involved and kind of boost the offense that way. You know, Rosati likened Karanda to Kelsey Mahoney, who graduated in 2019, as kind of a um, a forward who can play inside while also being a threat on the outside to shoot the ball. And then Ali Brigham is a six foot four center. You know, Coach Rosati said that she has adapted to the college game. She led her high school, Franklin High School in Massachusetts, you know, boys or girls team. I think she had over 1,600 points and over 1,200 rebounds. So she can score the ball. She can rebound the ball. And Coach Rosati's really excited about throwing them all into her systems. Emily, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. You can check out the Hatchet's full basketball guide, as well as all of our coverage for the upcoming season on the Hatchet's website. Getting to the Bottom of It is hosted by Alec Rich and is produced by Gwyn Wheeler.